Welcome to the BG Cast, a podcast seeking to bring the battleground community and schools together. My name is David, and I'll be your host for this journey. And I'll be joined each episode by Denny Waters, the Battleground Public Schools District Superintendent. Our goal is to bring the voice of the schools to the community and the voice of the community to the schools. We'll be talking about the many things that make BGPS such a great district, hearing stories from students and staff, and shining a spotlight on some of the hidden treasures you may not know about. We'll also be covering some of the challenging and controversial topics that bubble to the surface around the community. In this episode, we take some time to get to know Police Chief Mike Fort and Tom Adams, Director of Student Services for BGPS. We're shining the spotlight on Phil Anderson, the school resource officer for Battleground High School, and Mike Kessler, the district security supervisor, and we get things started with a game called Riff Off. All right, our game for this week is a game called Riff Off, like song, the the song term riff, a riff from a song. As long as we don't have to sing. No one has to sing. (laughs) So so we're just going to, I'm going to uh, kind of give you either a song category or artist. And uh, and we'll go around the table and and name a song. And uh, and then we'll see kind of who runs out of titles first. And then we'll stop and move on. Okay. Just see how it goes. (laughs) Okay. So so we'll start with an easy one, hopefully an easy one. I guess, are, do we have pop fans or country fans? I'm country. Country for me. Right, okay, let's start with country then. So country, um, let's see here. Who wants to go first? All right. Uh, I guess I will. Song title, song title, country, go for it. Any song title will do. <laughs> Smoky Mountain Rain. All right. Take Me Home, Country Roads. All right. Oh boy! Uh, geez, this is harder than I thought it would be. Um, it's the first one. You just need to name a song. Right? I know it should be simple, right? How about uh, Heaven? Heaven. I'm going to go with uh, Achy Breaky Heart. Okay. I had some time to think about that, but so your turn. Unwound. Unwound. A boy named Sue. Yes, sir. <laughs> Desert front property. Okay. Um, I've got friends in low places. Amarillo by morning. Oh, no, I'm out, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Desperado. Oh, that's a good one. Um, let's see. I can't, I, I don't know if I can think of another one on the spot. I only, I can only think of those two. It's good that we could only name nine songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so yeah. do you have another one? Oh, I have to. Uh, um, Devil Went Down to Georgia. There you go. That's a good one. Save a horse, ride a cowboy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, uh, I think it's the title of the song. I have to know this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> 18 Wheels and a Dozen Roses. Okay. God's Country. <laughs> Tom, you're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> you keep saying songs right. that spur. All, all, all you really need to do is think of an artist, right? right. And then yeah, I know. List and then, their songs. Yeah. Right. That's what I was right. thinking, too. Yeah. yeah. Tennessee Whiskey. Yeah. All right, we're going to go one, one more round, and we're going to move on to a new category. Okay. Um, boy, now I'm at a loss again. <laughs> Free bird. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I don't count? I'm not sure that's a country <laughs> no. song, but no, that's okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> what, Le- Leonard Skinner was uh was yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. From the country. country rock. Yeah. From the country? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's see here. Let's jump to another category. Let's do Christmas. Oh, see, this is okay. a good one. Yeah, we can we can go around on that one. So let's go the opposite way. All right. We wish you a Merry Christmas. There we go. That's a good one. White Christmas. Jingle Bells. Uh, let's go Deck the Halls. Rudolph. Frosty. <laughs> <laughs> Was Frosty in Rudolph? I can't remember. No. Oh, Frosty no. the Snowman okay. has separate, his own song. Separate, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
How about Blue Christmas by Elvis? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Gonna, yeah. Um, let's do Joy to the World. Uh, 12 Days of Christmas. Silver Bells. I got this one. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of these. Silent Night. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Little Drummer Boy. Oh, Tom, you just stole my. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. I'll, I'll be home for the holidays. Yeah. Oh, let's see here. I'll be home. I'll be home for Christmas. Yeah, that's it, right? Yeah. Does that count? Could you say? Yeah, yeah, it counts. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm yeah. making the rules. So. <laughs> okay, I'm out. <laughs> I think I'm out. All right. Uh, let's see. I have to think of one that hasn't been said yet. Feliz Navidad. Mm. Ooh, nice. that's a good one. That was a good one. That's really good. How about um, All I Want for Christmas is You? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that's another, that's one. another one. <laughs> it yeah. is. Yeah. I think it's your turn again. It's just oh. you, it's just two of us, right? Kaliki Maka. Yes, thank you. Yeah. you that's go. in that's, yeah. Christmas Vacation. Yeah. 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 That's Denny's uh, home yeah, territory I know. there. I knew that one. Yeah. How about uh, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas? Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> I saw Mama kissing Santa Claus. All right. We're going <laughs> nice. to let you win on that one. We'll stop there. Tom is the music guy. <laughs> yeah, that's great. All right. Let's do, let's see here. Let's do uh, two two more quick rounds. We'll start with uh, with Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift songs. 19. I think that's one. So. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I know Romeo her songs. Juliet, but, but, is that one of them? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I just don't know the names. Yeah, I, mean. I, I would know it if I heard. Yeah. If I, but I can't. I don't. I know she just released an album this week. Yeah, Midnight. And yeah. it. Uh, yeah. There you, oh, there yeah. you. Yeah. Now you have one. Shoot. The only reason. The only reason I know that is because I was watching um, Monday Night Football and they uh, they released uh, it during uh, Monday yeah. Night or Sunday Night Football. One of those. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But uh, I don't know any songs, so it's on to oh. you. I, I think I'm out. I'll, <laughs> I'll give the win to Chief Fort. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we both only need one. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Last one. Here. Last round. Justin Bieber. Oh, my goodness. Um, he sang a song with Dan and Shay, 10,000 something. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. I would not know yeah. a Justin Bieber song <laughs> if it hit me on the head. I don't think I would either. Yeah. <laughs> no no fans of the Beebs in the room no, today. No. So. no, not really. All right, me either. So so I guess <laughs> we're all out. <laughs> oh. Well, our spotlight this week is uh, is with Phil Anderson and Mike Kessler, and they do some 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 security stuff here with the schools. And so we're going to uh, just let them introduce themselves, so you can get familiar with their voices, and we'll talk a little bit about what they do. So, who wants to go first? Um, I'll go ahead and go first. I'm, right. I'm Mike Kessler. I'm uh, the safety and security officer for Battleground Public Schools. A little bit of my history, I did a 25-year career with the Washington State Patrol, been retired about 14 years, and staying with the uh, profession of uh, public service, which is great. Yeah. Which do you like better, patrol or school? Uh, They both have their goods (laughs) and their bads. Yeah. Yeah. Phil, how about you? I'm Phil Anderson. I'm currently assigned as a a school resource officer with Mm -hmm. the Battleground Police Department. I came to Battleground... 16 years ago, September 2006. Before that, the previous 20 years, I was a computer programmer. Hmm. So made a change in career, came to law enforcement. For the last five years, I've been assigned as a school resource officer, and I applied for another round, so I'm scheduled for another four, and <laughs> I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. And we're kind of lucky to have Phil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a good role, and a, probably a critical role to have the right personality that's with the kids, good with the kids, but also able to be be stern with the kids, I think, when you need to be. And Am I correct in that? Or? Very much so. The role of a school resource officer is much different. Uh, NASRO, the National Association of School Resource Officers, describes it as a position where there's th- three main focuses, if you will, there's education, there's mentorship, there's also enforcement, but that's an opportunity to develop relationships because especially at that age, if you have a relationship, 
staff, admin, especially students. Mm -hmm. There are opportunities to educate. There are opportunities to listen. There are opportunities to counsel. You don't have that unless there is that relationship. And once that's developed, it's amazing the impact that you can have on a particular student, on a group of students, and hopefully for the better on the school. Mm-hmm. So it's, I'm, I'm just really excited to see where this is going to go and humbled to see the positive effects that I've heard from some of the kids I've worked with over the years. And hoping for another four years. Yeah. We're, we're kind of lucky to have SROs as you kind of look at, uh, around the country right now and even just in our local Clark County area. Right. Um, we're, we're very lucky and we, we don't have one, but we have a second uh, SRO as well that mm. we, kind of, we kind of lean on to uh, help us in, in certain cir- circumstances, um, not always being the heavy because, you know, we're a school. We want kids to be successful. Right. And, and one of the things that we try to strive is uh, restorative practices. Um, if we have an incident where our kid's involved, a kid owns it and wants to make it right, then, you know, what we'll do is, is we'll work with our SROs and and let them know what could it be if we wanted to be a victim. But uh, most most of the times we try to uh, do the restorative practices. So you talk about playing heavy. That's uh, from my understanding. It's kind of like a last resort, right? I mean, it's you only you only have you only do that if you have to. Correct. There, there are a lot of other things that you would rather do, but but a lot of a lot of times public's perception is well that's that's what you guys do. You just you come in with force and 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 kind of make your make yourself known. But that's not true. That's that's not who you are, and that's not what you want to do. And over the years, one of the situations that comes to mind will be if one person is receiving, let's say, threatening messages, and they show those to me, and I ask, well, what would you like to see done about this? Well, I just want them to stop. So we contact the other party. Granted, that does constitute a crime. It's criminal harassment. You're threatening to punch them in the nose or hurt them in some way. But the goal is, let's change that behavior. So I have a conversation with the other student. And I say, this is what I hear has happened. Now, let me educate you. This is actually criminal behavior. This is criminal harassment. Where do we go with this? The other person wants it to stop. Given what you now know, can I be reasonably confident that this is going to stop hmm. and we don't need to go any further? Because obviously, if you continue doing this, then there's going to be a charge. There's going to be other consequences. And I think of the maybe two dozen over the years, I can't think of one where the outcome was not, okay, I'm going to stop. It stops. That's the, that's the bigger picture. Something is happening. Let's get someone to change their behavior. We're all better for that. Mm-hmm. They're going to change their behavior. Hopefully think about that before they do it again. And the person who's being bothered, they aren't bothered right. anymore. Right. So we don't need to jump into, well, you're under arrest. You're being charged and that sort of thing. Let's change the behavior. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, produces a few instances that come to mind where there will be contact with security or myself. Hey, this is what I heard. Here's something sort of concerning. Someone saw, said, or did something. And that's where we get the information about a possible threat, where we can act on that before it happens. And again, if we have the relationships with the students, they're going to trust us. They're going to be, they're going to be able mm-hmm. to come to us instead of, well... Last time I went to that police officer, something really negative happened. You know, as a matter of fact, that's not the case. When I went to the police officer, it was a good experience. It wasn't negative. I'm going to share with them something of concern. And and, and that's, in my opinion, what, what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he's good at what he does. Yeah. Um, a lot of times we'll, uh, we'll make sure that uh, the kids understand um, for a lot of these kids, school is their safe zone. Mm-hmm. Um, may not have a, a great family life or personal life, but we try to make sure that uh, we treat every kid with respect, and um, and we we try to calm a lot of kids that 
that uh, you get elevated. You know, mm-hmm. part of the thing is is de-escalating the situation, mm-hmm. get them, give them their space, give them their time to, to calm down a little bit, mm-hmm. and then when they're ready to talk, they usually uh, respect that, and, and we get to the bottom of it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. So you're the the, sec- the security supervisor. Is that what's the role, the title here? Is that the yeah. right title? Yeah, it's it's safety and security uh, supervisor for the district. Yeah. So what all does that entail? Um, a lot of it is um, I am responsible for um, uh, training, uh, incident command training, trying to get uh, our administrators set up on that. Uh, also, training our security. Um, recently, we just. Uh, they, this past legislation that uh, our SROs and our uh, school security officers are required uh, and mandated to take uh, certain uh, training, which is good. It, uh, it kind of uh, stems to you know civil rights of our, our students mm-hmm. to uh, trauma and and um, you know those type of, of topics and and you know a, a lot of times. Um, I'll, I'll get some security officers are a little bit frustrated and and um, you know with the behavior of some of our our kids, but uh, I kind of reach out to our security officers and let them know that hey, you don't walk in their shoes. You don't know what happens at home. You don't know, you know what this kid's been through trauma wise or mm-hmm. anything like that. So you gotta you gotta give the kids some slack and 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 try to. Um, uh, reach out to them and and get them to the resources that they need. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing is um, I sit in a, a lot of our level one threat assessments. If we have a threat um, that um, an assessment is is uh, intimate, um, I'll sit in, I'll sit in district wide with that. I'm also um, part of the community uh, group that meets for, with the ESD if it goes to a level two threat assessment. Um, I've been doing that for since I've been here for going on my ninth year. Um, this year, uh, this will be uh, three years that I've also uh, had the opportunity to be the chairperson for the uh, Safe Schools Task Force, which is all our school districts um, in the Clark County and Skamania and, and part of Cowlitz, where um, we get together and, and uh, work together on solutions to making our schools safer and uh once a year, we also have uh, an emergency uh, summit for our administrators, and it's different topics from drug uh, recognition to um, ICS training to whatever uh, the, the topics are that uh, that are hot for the year. Yeah. Uh, so th- those are some of my tasks. <laughs> That's a, a really broad. <laughs> as, you can, like, as you as you started going, like, this is a lot more than than what you might think when you just think of of safety and security supervisor, you know, you, you think of the guy at the door generally, right? But you're talking about a whole, a whole spectrum of things that are, might not be on, on the radar of parents who are listening. Right. And, and, you know, and it's, I always have two phones in my pocket and, <laughs> and answer my phone in the middle of the night if need mm-hmm. be. Yeah. Well, um, we're, we're just about out of time here for the spotlight, but if, if either of you or both of you, if you have a word for parents that you would say would really you know, maybe really help parents and, and make your role easier or, or you've just kind of wanted to say something and, and never been able to say it, here's your opportunity. What, what piece of advice would you give to parents that would make, make safety and security a little easier or, or better um, at, at the schools? From my, and this is Officer Anderson. From my perspective, just a reassurance that they can reach out don't feel shy about reaching out to Battleground Police Department. To me, we have another officer, Officer Kinlaw, who is also assigned as a school resource officer. And over the years, I know there have been many people who are very reluctant to call 911. In the same way, there may be some people who are reluctant to reach out. Officer Kinlaw, myself, Battleground Police Department. I can speak for both of the SROs without a question that if there is a concern, we will do our best. This is not something where you reach out and you'll be dismissed, you'll be ignored. We are busy uh, time to time and we'll do our best, but we'll never ignore or turn someone away. So my advice, if you have any questions, if you have any concerns, to the extent we can, we will talk to you. Will will help you. 
better to say something and, and 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 risk maybe wasting your time and not needing not needing the help than to not say something and need the help right exactly and the 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 small comment if you will that one person makes can work with other comments that other people have made and just complete that puzzle that we're trying to figure out um, yeah never never wasted yeah. time always happy to talk to parents good and I, this is Mike Kessler, and what I'd say on behalf of the school is just continue being the parent you're being. Uh, make sure that you're aware of what your your children are doing, uh, social media-wise, and just in general in the community. Um, make sure that they're aware that they can, they can come to security um, if they're having a crisis or an administrator or our SROs. And we will make sure that they get the resources they need to help mm-hmm. them resolve the crisis. So mm-hmm. uh, we're there for your children. Good. Well, thank you both, not just for your time today, but for everything you do for our kids and keeping them safe and keeping the community safe. We appreciate everything. So thank you. Thank, thank you. All right, for our, our interview today, we are talking school safety, and, uh, and we're going to, going to uh, get into some, some really specifics, and I uh, hope it's going to be a great conversation. But joining us today are, are Tom and, uh, and Mike, so I'll let you guys introduce yourselves if you want to really quick, let the uh, audience get familiar with your voices, and give us just a little bit of backstory and tell us what you do. Sure. Yeah. I'm Mike Fort. I'm the chief of police here at the Battleground Police Department. been a police officer in Battleground almost five years, but um, about almost 31 years in the business altogether. Um, I lived in this area for uh, almost 20 years hmm. or so. And, where were uh, you Where were you serving before Battleground? In Portland. I was there for 26 years. Hmm. Yeah. And, um, and at, uh, during that time, I got a, a chance to work with our youth services division, with our SROs there, with the schools mm-hmm. uh, in the Portland public schools. So I have a little bit of experience with that and working with the youth and different types of advisory groups and things like that. Um, at the end of the day, I'm still a small town guy. I grew up in a small town in South Texas yeah. and um, live out here in the country, north of Battleground, a little ways on mm-hmm. a little farm. And so I'm still a small town a country boy at yeah. heart, I suppose. That was the other country song I was trying to think of during the game. The small town was a small town boy like me. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Now I can think of all kinds of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Tom? Yeah, so I'm Tom Adams, Director of Student Services for the district. It's my twenty-seventh uh, year in education. I was teacher coach, uh, fifth year in battleground in my current role. Before that was seven years as a middle school principal. That's uh okay. An interesting experience. Right. <laughs> and, you know, four years as a high school associate principal. And so mm. I have a lot of different backgrounds in education, I feel like. And, you know, part of my hat is I get to be involved in athletics and transportation and student discipline and why I'm here today, safety and security. Yeah. 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 Well, so we're talking about safety and security. Um, People, people are any society's greatest resource, chief among them the children who make up the future generations. And so it's really, really important then that we do our best to take care of our children, protect our children. Now, um, uh, last year when we, when we tried to start the podcast, we had to delay, I don't know if you remember this, we had to delay recording because there was a school shooting and so we had to push the day, the, the, all mm-hmm. of those interviews because of the, the, the uh, shooting in Uvalde. Mm-hmm. And then there's just another shooting yesterday. Yeah, in St. Louis, yeah, I St. believe. St. Louis. And, yeah. and so I know as a parent, I have a couple kids in the high school here, that when you see those things happen, then th- those are kind of the things that come to the top of your mind, you know, that when you're thinking about school safety and security. And, and uh, so... To, to start off, one of, the, one of the things I want to say we're not going to talk about, we're not going to get into the nitty-gritty of, of what, you know, what may be weaknesses or any of those kinds of things. We have no, no desire to put uh, any information out there that could be used uh, in a bad way, but we're going to talk about all of the positive things that are happening in the district to make sure that our mm-hmm. kids are being safe. And Denny, I want to throw it to you because I noticed as a parent 
Uh, when I dropped my kids off to high school this year, there was a noticeable increase in security and and as well even crossing guards. There were just there were more bodies present in front of the school and outside the school. Yeah, we've been able to take some of our um, resources that were provided um, through the ESSER funds, the federal funds that came for COVID, and we've invested in. Um, in school, well, they're not really resource officers because they're not, they're just school security personnel. And so we've put school security personnel at all of our middle schools. We already had school security personnel at our high schools, but we've increased that at our high schools as well. Um, we've also made a significant um, um, commitment to improving the entryways for all of our schools. A few years ago, um, Tom led this effort. We did a a security audit in the um, for battleground public schools, and um, they talked to us, and they were very clear that uh, you know when you're when you're working on school security that you're talking about working from the outside in. Mm-hmm. You know, we thought that the first thing they were going to talk to us about was like door locks and things like that, and they said no. The first thing that you should do is you know perimeter fencing. And so that's what we did. And so I'm, I'm sure all of our, our community has noticed that in all of our schools, we've put fencing around and that's mm-hmm. to, you know, this idea that these are secure campuses and keep people out. Now we're moving inwards. And so we're working on main entry ways. We've committed over, I mean, I think at last look, I was looking at it just the other day on the, on the projects that we're doing at each building. It's almost $2 million worth of worth of work that's being done between now and the start of next year. Unfortunately, you know, with everything with, with, with any kind of, um, a construction project or, you know, those right. types of things, you got to go through the, the design and phase and then the permitting right. phase and then the bidding phase. And then, the, you know, so we're working through that, but, right. but, you know, it's a and the it, supply chain phase yeah, now. And the <laughs> supply chain phase, right? Yeah. And so it 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 is something that we are cognizant about, and mm-hmm. it's something that our community has stated either through you know the the community advisory committee, the CAC mm-hmm. meetings, or even when we put it out in terms of just surveying our parents. One of the number one priorities for families and for us is safety and security of mm-hmm. students. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, you I'm I'm it's nice to hear you say that you've noticed the yeah. difference because I think uh it's a concerted effort and Tom and and Mike um Kessler yeah. who are are leading those efforts for us, but we've been so appreciative of our relationship with the uh, Battleground Police yeah. and Chief because, you know, I hope that this community knows that you know, not all the schools are fortunate enough to have that relationship. Right. And we in in Battleground proper, especially in the city, are very, very lucky, very, very fortunate. And so let's talk about that. Uh, how do the schools and law enforcement work together when it comes to safety and security for students? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll address that to, to some degree. We, I think that um, uh, kind of the reverse of what you said just a second ago is that internal relationship that we've built with our significant SRO presence, our school mm-hmm. resource officer, mm-hmm. and dealing with your director of security at the high school, for example. And that is, um, that, that is paramount to where this ground roots communication happens. So how are we able to, to do everything that we do? It's communication, it's relationships, it's uh, familiarity, it's trust. Mm-hmm. So we're able to trust each other by by spending significant time with us. Right. That's one of the great values of the, of the school resource officer program mm-hmm. is that there is that personal connection. Uh, every, every student, every, every ad, uh, administrator and teacher knows who the school resource officers are and they come to trust them. They come to share information, which is sometimes uh, valuable for, mm-hmm. for uh, incidents that may be coming or, uh, or threatened or something like that. Right. So uh, I would say all, everything that, um, that is successful uh, with uh, uh, in this in the, the city of battleground and the school district here is built completely on relationships mm. yeah yeah i I would agree with that and I would take uh, one step further when uh, Mike Kessler and myself met with Chief Fort and uh, your lieutenant in July um, you know working that partnership. Um, giving access to buildings for the the law enforcement to be able to do trainings. Mm-hmm. Um, God forbid we have something happen. Um, 
giving them resources like access to our buildings so that whatever shift an officer's on, especially in the summertime, they could go to a campus and walk around or walk around the building. Um, so, yeah, I, I echo what Chief Fort said. It's, it's an amazing partnership. So you have, you have an annual safety summit. What is that? Well, the safety summit is for something that we do as a school district. Okay. We get participation from a lot of the law enforcement agencies, but but it's a regional. I mean, Tom it can is. talk about yeah. it because he's he's been part of it. But but every August, it really start. It's really the kickoff for us as right. a as a as a school community in Southwest mm-hmm. Washington is we have this annual safety summit, and we're talking about a variety of different issues. You know, it could be fentanyl and drug mm-hmm. usage that's going on. It could be you know safety and security. Concerns. It could be, yep. you know, um, run, hide, and fight trainings. A whole bunch of different things. Yeah. Yep, that's true. And this year, uh, normally that's put on by ESD one twelve with support from like uh, like Mike Kessler as our security supervisor. He sits on that regional committee. But this year, it expanded all the way up into Longview, Kelso, because it was done via Zoom. And like Denny said, it, there's usually a keynote speaker. And then a lot of different breakouts, um, all the way from, he mentioned some of them, you know, how, how do you respond in an active threat situation? How do we run a threat assessment if we have concerns about a student? Um, again, what's, mm-hmm. what's kind of trending in terms of drug use or what's happening there? Um, you know, we, we have things based on technology. You know, yeah. kids are into technology. Well, yeah, we yeah, all yeah. know that. I mean, so internet so, safety. And, yep. You know, so social media, and, and know, a lot of the really. presenters are law enforcement and and what they're seeing. You know, so that we can be aware as school mm-hmm. officials. But in addition to that, I think the one of the big things, and and Tom alluded to it, and Chief can talk more about it, was that. Um, um, the battleground police actually did a a training, and we held it at um, Daybreak Primary School, mm-hmm. and um, that was you know so you know so appreciative on our efforts because it was just a, a, an opportunity for them to train, but it was an opportunity for us. I was fortunate enough to go over there and 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 witness the training, and it was intense. Mm. And Chief can probably talk about it more than I yeah. can. Yeah, I mean that. So it's always a great opportunity when we can uh, do actual training inside an actual uh, school facility. In mm-hmm. this case, it's very helpful for us to be able to uh, familiarize ourselves in a uh, in a, a semi high high stress or at least a simulated high stress environment, um, so that we're not completely unaware if there's an actual incident that happens. So that I, I'm very appreciative of the school district and. Uh, and Denny specifically for getting us the access to be able to do that. That again, we, I talk about relationships and I'll talk about it and partnerships uh, over and over again, but that is the reason why we were able to get into the schools. So our officers individually, including our school resource officers, they, they have been inside the schools. They, they have an idea generally of what's there, mm-hmm. but to insert a team of officers in an intentional training in a simulated high risk environment that that's uh, un, that's I I hate to say it, but unusual. So I'm glad we are starting that process now. It is not foreign to law enforcement. That kind of training has happened all mm-hmm. over the country for well, really the kind of the modern era is that uh, that started active threat training was Columbine in 1999 or so, I think. Yeah, and that and that is it. And so the training continues to evolve. The um, so it's not a new concept, but it is it is relatively new to battleground. I am very thankful that we are had the opportunity at daybreak. Uh, I, I want to make sure the citizens know that we are we are ready. If something if something kicks off, we are we are. I am confident that we are um, that we are we're ready. We are training. We're continuing to train. We continue to learn from from uh, uh, mistakes around the country, uh, and uh, and. So that we can do the very best we can to protect people. There's there are many facets to school safety. Active threat is one of them. Obviously, many other day to day threats that happen mm-hmm. as well. Tom alluded to threat assessments when there's a potential, um, you know, threat coming from a, a, uh, either a student or somewhere else outside. Those are a little bit different than an act an actual active threat happening. 
um, from the law enforcement side, we, we do our very best to prepare for all of it. Mm. And so I'm very thankful that we got that opportunity and, uh, to, to do that exercise at daybreak. I am hopeful that we'll be able to do that in other schools too. Yep. Uh, in the, uh, yeah, we're going to ensure that that happens. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I kind of, I, if it's okay, I want to explore just or go a little more in depth because I've found out in my experiences that parents don't understand a threat assessment and really what that is. Mm -hmm. So when a student says something or there's conflict between students and if it, even if it gets physical, we as a school are probably going to do what we call a threat assessment. And part of the process of the threat assessment is, is it a threat? And is it a direct threat or like I would be threatening Mike? So it's very specific. I have a target in mind. Or is it a global threat that maybe puts the whole school at risk? Mm -hmm. We do a lot of threat assessments. Mm. I, I mean, we really do. And, and we should be doing that because the whole idea is to keep our schools safe to help students who are showing signs of they need help. I mean, that's what the whole process is for. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I don't think parents realize that that's even a process in our schools, mm -hmm. but yeah. we do, and we do a lot of them. The idea behind it is, you know, is it is it an isolated issue? You know, is it just a disagreement between two kids, or is it symptomatic of a larger problem? You know, if a kid says something, you know, if a kid says, you know, hey, you know, you better shut up or I'm going to, you know, shoot you, you know, what is the, is that just a kid just talking and it just came out of his mouth wrong or is there some deliberacy behind it, mm -hmm. you know? And so we look into that, you know, we explore, we have interviews with staff, we have interviews with parents, we talk to kids, we, we really explore what the, what the underlying issues are. Mm -hmm. You know, I think in, in, and Chief Fort alluded to it, Mike alluded to it, you know, the, the, the best thing we can do to keep our, our, our schools safe is to develop relationships. And it's this culture of safety. You know, it's like when you go into the airport, you know, and people are like, you know, be aware if somebody leaves a package, you know, right. say something. Um, it's the same thing for schools, you know, schools, you know, if, if, if Chief has to respond to an incident, um, it's too late because it's already happening, right. you know? I mean, they'll, they'll do a great job and they'll try to minimize the impact of it. But by that point, it's like, yikes, you know, this is bad. Mm -hmm. um, the idea behind most of what we do to ensure safety is this idea of building relationships and providing trusting adults. And so kids can let us know when there's a potential threat or there's, you know, they're worried about their friend or they heard their friend says this, or they heard a kid in the hallway mention this, that's the way we're going to prevent these. You know, what we've seen in shootings all across the country when it comes to these big incidents is that, you know, oftentimes it's, you know, at, at the primary schools and we've seen it in Uvalde and we saw it at uh, Sandy Hook, you know, it's an outside person coming in and, and, you know, that's what's causing the chaos. Um, but at a lot of these schools, and especially the upper grades, the high school grades, these are students who go mm -hmm. to those schools. Right. So, you know, you're not keeping them out. Mm -hmm. You're you're opening your doors because they're supposed to be <laughs> right. in school. Right. And so, you know, the fences and the secure locks and all of those kinds of things are not mm -hmm. what's going to prevent it. What's going to prevent it is... You know, the fact that another kid was worried about this kid and said something to the school resource officer or to the counselor, and it alerted yeah. us, and we got there first. Yeah. Yeah. I like that there are multiple outlets for students to mm -hmm. reach out to, and yeah. they, they find the person they trust, whether it's yep. the school resource officer or the counselor or their favorite teacher yeah. or whoever. And so I like that. Uh, that yeah. and, and the battle, Battleground schools do a good the, – the students and, uh, and staff do a really good job yeah. of keeping their I, ears open. I think so, too. I think so, too. Yeah. And I might just add on that, too, that we have what's called uh, vector reporting. It used to be safe schools, and we have it all over, but it's on our district website that if there are concerns and you, I don't want to come forward, I can do that anonymously, too. So there's lots of ways to report safety or harassment suspicious, intimidation. Suspicious yeah. behaviors. There, there are, I, I feel, and we review that, 
I mean, we get it in. There's a team of four of us that sit down and review each of those once a week. But as soon as one comes in, we get it out to the people that need to know, given the information we have. Mm. And so it, it's twofold. It's a reporting system, but it's also an accountability system for the schools to what are we doing about these concerns that are coming forward, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, and that that concept of that th- that threat assessment, that uh, awareness, situational awareness, uh, for, for, I, I should say, is that um, it's it's pretty progressive, uh, honestly, in the in this uh, world, and it's only been a few years that this kind of a threat assessment mm-hmm. concept with multiple entities, like the school counselor, a teacher, right. police officer, come together and determine whether this is a significant. If there's something that needs to be addressed right now, whether it's just, mm-hmm. you know, horseplay, child yeah. play, whatever you want to call it. So that I, uh, I, I want to acknowledge that, that it, this is this idea of this threat assessment model that Battleground School District has is is progressive. It works. It is it is what is um, uh, le- leading the way in the country in this uh, in the in that way. So um, it's really good to, to see that and be part of that. Good. Good. So that leads us into our next topic, which is the safety precautions that the schools are taking. So it's good to hear that we're kind of on the leading edge as a school district or in the area. We're not just waiting waiting back and assuming everything's fine until something bad happens, but you're actively pursuing things. So so what are some of the things that the, the district is doing uh, and when it comes to safety in the schools? Right. So I, I think I'll start there because um, – Our insurance says we have to do drills once a month, which we need to. There's evacuation drills. Most people would say a fire drill. We're evacuating the building. We actually are now drilling out of necessity, active threats. We call those code silver in our district or run, hide, fight. Um, Right now, Denny, Shelley, and the board has asked Mike Kessler and myself to go out and review this training with our staff as staff has turned over and we're out of COVID now and all of that, plus give an update of, of the improvements of safety and security around our district. So we are out there talking. I think one of the things is emphasizing the partnership with the Battleground Police Department, whether we were at Amboy or at Pleasant Valley doing this, to know that when you have an active threat, jurisdiction's out the window. Everyone's coming. Mm -hmm. And to be able to stand in front of a staff and let them know what we've been doing, I think, I really feel like, and I just got chills, that they appreciate that we are taking a look at safety for our students, for our staff, and for our community, and that we have done things that are recommended or have that partnership with Battleground Police. And again, some of the upgrades Denny's talking, we're not done. You know, so to be able to go out and almost in a way reassure our staffs that we hear you, even to a point that Denny gave Mike Kessler a charge of, we want teacher voice. If you have concerns about safety on your campus, talk to your administrators because Mike is going out. Mike Kessler is going out. And that, I mean, anyone who has a concern has a voice so that we can come back this year and what are, what maybe is a pattern of concerns across our district. So, so it's, to me, it's exciting right now. Um, I think our staff really, really appreciates when we go out, we're real. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're real. Denny said it. I mean, if, if you look at data, primary school, the threat's from the outside. So what are we doing? Our priority is to do what we call Sally Port, or it's a double entry system that we are going to control access to our building. But it also takes all of us to change the mindset of safety that we can't leave a door propped open. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. we, we can't. Our badges are important identifications. I mean, th- those are the things we are reinforcing. There, there's some inconveniences associated right. with it, but those well, inconveniences are worth it. But it also it means if 
there's other issues that you know because we've talked about these in our CAC meetings too. If there if there's some reason that they're leaving that door propped open, like air conditioning, mm-hmm. then there's another issue that right. they can address too. So, well, you know, I know, I know we're things. not going to focus on the <laughs> on the on the negatives, but mm-hmm. it's one of our biggest challenges, and Chief could probably talk about this, is you know we have buildings that were not designed for you right. know safety and mm-hmm. security in mind, so we have to go, we have to take the extra effort, mm-hmm. you know. Battleground High School is a good example. You know, there's just, it's a it's a large campus. It's not necessarily self-contained. So, right. you know, you've got to you've got to be aware, and that's where it comes that 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 culture of safety that's involved. And that's a, so you hit on something very important. We, we we as a citizen, we don't want schools to be prisons either. Right. So we don't want <laughs> right. the, the bar, you know yeah. the high barbed wire. This yeah. you know. So it's, yeah. there's a balance there is between a balance. freedom and yeah. safety. And well, so that is that is it's not lost on me that yeah. we uh, that uh, we we want to balance yeah. both our citizens our community expect yeah. both yeah and yeah, we, we work with what we have right? right so that that is why it's helpful for the police officer to be familiar with what right. is right and yeah. they work with that yeah mm-hmm. we want we want fences around but we also want our community to be able to access yeah, our right, campuses because exactly, right? they can it's enjoy right. the fields and it, yeah. you know. It, so it, it is, is it is the fine balance between offering a welcoming and we want you to come and then the safety and security aspect. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're getting there. Yeah. Uh, again, yeah. I, it, we want people to come to our buildings, but we are we are going to be in control of our property, albeit public property, it still is a school setting. That is not just open to anyone, mm-hmm. right? There, especially during the school day. So, as yeah. Danny's saying, so so you know, we want to control access first to the property, then second to the building, and that's the things we're working on. Yet, it's still welcoming for parents and community to be able to come in and see the great things that are happening in Battleground Public Schools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is exactly right. And, and kind of the other, uh, one of the things that keeps us us collectively on the cutting edge is our, every year our school resource officers go to the, Na- the, the NASRO, the National Association of School Resource Officers Conference to, to look and study, examine best practices nationwide, and then bring ideas back here for law enforcement, They're just mostly speaking about the law enforcement side, about what, uh, what kinds of things we should be looking for uh, as far as uh, active threats, as far as uh, prevention, like drug and alcohol abuse prevention, as we, someone alluded to a minute ago, our prevention specialist, uh, we have a Prevent Together Coalition City of Battleground that works very closely with the schools. In fact, recently had a presentation yeah. Yeah. about Fantastic. the f- fentanyl yeah. uh, abuse and the mm-hmm. dangers of fentanyl, that, which is a significant problem uh, that, that is coming. Yep. I mean, we can't just close our eyes and pretend it doesn't come to Battleground. Right. Right. So that and cooperation with our our county uh, Clark County Sheriff's Office, their drug task force helped with that presentation. Mm-hmm. So again, the re- I go back to relationships, yep. our and relationships with the county and, and our relationships with you and the deputies relationships with, with yep. the, the school district too. Yeah, the prevention are, are coalition. Critical. Yeah. The Absolutely. whole thing. Yeah. 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 It was well attended. It was just recent at um, chief middle school. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, I want to plug Jennifer Kirby, who is yeah. our director, our uh, prevention coalition. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jennifer is uh, wonderful. Blake yeah. Bowers, who yeah. is, Runs the dream team over mm-hmm. at uh, at uh, at Chief. That's yeah, right. Great. That's right. Let's uh, let's jump really quickly and explain lockdowns. Um, there was a lockdown, I think, just this last Friday up at Kelso, and it kind of made the news. And mm-hmm. so the, they mm-hmm. ended up having to cancel uh, because of a, th- a threat in the school. I think I don't I don't know what ended up happening with it, but they canceled mm-hmm. the homecoming dance and football game and a few other things. And students were on some kind of a lock. I can't. They had a name for it where. They were locked. They were locked in the school, but they were still teaching, and you know, so they right. had a name. So, so um, maybe maybe you can talk about the different types of lockdowns. So, yeah, go for it, Tom. So, um, yeah, with with what we are doing, um, and I heard a little bit about the Kelso situation because the district cross country meet was there. Mm. So we had kids we from had, Prairie. Had it, it was three A that were a part of that. Mm. So, um, so a, a lockdown typically is generated from the outside the school system. When we're talking about like the situation that happened at Kelso where there might be a threat or someone might have a gun on campus or that. So a lockdown really is preventative 
to account for people. Um, again, generally, it's from the outside. We also then have modified lockdown. So lockdown means kids are going to be in their classroom. We're not going. We're not transitioning. We're not doing anything. A modified lockdown would be we within the school walls. We can transition, but we're not going outside or, or you know, even portables. Those kids might stay could, there because there could be a danger. Right. And in a modified lockdown, you know, you, we might have police activity in the community. You know, they might be a block away from the school. Right. Yeah, and that's not about. uncommon. If we, if yeah. the police are looking for some robber or something like that mm-hmm. that happened mm-hmm. in that area of a school. Mm-hmm. We made and and again fortunate enough to have our school resource officers right. listening that were they're listening on the radio yep. mm-hmm. already yep. and they notify uh, Mike or anybody yep. else at the school and then yep. that would uh, oftentimes initiate a lockdown just to keep whoever the bad person is from coming into the school inadvertently yep. perhaps right yeah. no. and so we actually just had one in our um, district earlier last week. Uh, yeah, just at the south end of the city, but um, I won't go into details on that. That so we've got modified lockdowns, we've got lockdowns, and then we have again what we call code silver or run hide fight. If we are in a run hide fight situation, that means there is something active happening on our campus, and the whole goal, and this is what we're training, is you know research shows that if you are near. If you run, you have the best chance to survive, and the whole goal is survival. If you have time, you try and lock yourself down or hide, because research has also showed that there's been, if any, no one who has breached a locked door. I mean, if we think about assailants and the movie that's playing through their head, they're trying to get to as many as quickly as we can, and I'm not going to stop and try and breach a locked door. So that's what we call hide. The fight part of it is that survival, the flight or fight mode. So if I'm hiding, I'm not just cowering. I'm figuring out, okay, what if someone does breach this door? What are we going to do about that? So that's in a nutshell, the concept of run, hide, fight and understanding where am I at and being aware of our surroundings. And although it's highly unlikely in a school setting, it's obviously possible Mm -hmm. because we hear about it all the time. When we train our staff, I emphasize this is as much your personal life because this is happening all over. Mm-hmm. It's not just a school issue. We see it in movie theaters. Mm-hmm. We've seen it in grocery stores. We've seen it in malls. Mm-hmm. We've seen it uh, churches. in churches. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not concerts. Mm-hmm. It, it is not. We all, just as a human being, need to be aware of our surroundings. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean we cower and we don't live our lives. But like now, if I want to go to a movie, I'm not going to not go to a movie, but I'm sure going to be intentional about where I buy my seat right? or knowing where the exits mm-hmm. are or that yeah. type of thing. That's the type of thing yeah. we're doing with Run, Hide, Fight. And someone asked today, so I do want to say this, we call it Code Silver. And someone asked, why do you call it Code Silver? Because that is a common term like hospitals. If you hear code silver in a hospital, that means there's a threat happening somewhere and you need to use code. So the, the term code silver is very intentional that we are using that because even outside of our schools, if someone heard that, it should trigger that something's bad mm-hmm. is happening. So well, you, I want to hit on that too, because you talk about common vernacular, it's, it is critical. And in, in the law enforcement world, for law enforcement, active threat, active shooter uh, is the common vernacular. And that means something significant to us. And that yeah. that means something is happening right now. It doesn't mean that something might happen. It means it is happening. Somebody has uh, entered a school or a church or something, and there is uh, some something happening bad. Um, and uh, what, what I, I kind of want to... I don't want to go into the entire bit of what, what our response is to active threats, but I want people to not, to understand that um, in the event of an active threat, law enforcement's first priority is to stop that threat, period. And it sometimes is uncomfortable, and I don't mean to sound say like that, but there may be injured people or dying people that you will see law enforcement stepping over to stop the threat. 
the the and that is a nationwide that is what's happening in training nationwide mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the 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 reason is that if we don't stop the threat there's potentially more more injuries more death happening so the first thing that'll happen and there's a lot of stuff that happens in the law enforcement world um, but the very first thing I just want people to know that it's not so they're at some point um, you know some someone may question why are, why are you not treating the right. wounded you have injured children I, I yes. But we have to stop more people from dying or being injured first. You're a pretty easy target if you're bent over helping somebody. Well, not not uh, not right? yes, but you also have a lot more victims right. potentially. <laughs> yeah. That's if we can stop that from happening mm-hmm. first. That is the that is the first priority nationwide, and that's the training. Mm-hmm. And um, but it doesn't mean that we're not also rallying resources. Yeah. When you see when you when there is an active threat, we saw it in Reynolds High School a few years ago, and others. People from uh, this side of the river went over mm-hmm. uh, into. Uh, uh, Gresham area over there to help with that. Hmm. Clackamas Town Center had a shooting a few years ago as mm-hmm. well at the town center. Instantly, there are several hundred cops. Hmm. So lots of things are happening at these, if there's an active threat actu- actually happening. But I just want people to understand that our, the very first thing we're doing, the very first thing is stopping that threat. So there's no more future uh, violence. Let's jump uh, really quickly before we run out of time to what parents can do to help keep schools safe. So what are your recommendations uh, on this topic and just in general when it comes to safety? The first and foremost is, um, you know, supporting their kids. Um, You know, we we talk depending on the age, you know, that the younger the, the student is, the more they need to listen to the adults. The older the student is, they're going to make up kind of their own mind when it comes to safety and all of that. I think the biggest thing, though, if I could say to parents, and Chief is going to reinforce this, is in all our learnings, when something happens at a school, whether it's a natural disaster or a school shoot, I mean, whatever it might be is Parents are concerned about their kid. So they're going to jump in the car and want to come find their kid. I have kids. I would want to do the same thing. But what we found is, and especially some of our buildings, we're going to delay law enforcement and first responders' response because we're going to bottleneck access to our buildings. So as much as... that's, I think, one of my concerns with some of our buildings is the bottleneck in being able to get the right people there and how they might be delayed if a parent. And again, it's such a hard balance right. because I get it. Right. I, I get it. But, but we could be in some real trouble in some of our locations. Right. And, and that, is a, that is a good uh, message, Tom, for everyone to be aware of that we are we want to give out information to communicate as best we can because what happens a lot of times the parents don't know anything they're waiting for information they don't hear it so they come and they want to take action too so uh, 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 the more we communicate that that we we are we are actively responding we are working on this mm-hmm. uh, we will let you know where and when to be to where you can be more helpful we will need community help if the if something uh, like an active uh, shooter or threat happens we will need community help in some fashion but let us let us work with you to let that happen mm-hmm. because just like Tom said, it could be pretty quickly um, the difference of a parent or two in the way, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. uh, and we can't get to some place because now we're busy trying to answer their questions or escort them somewhere, uh, and we can't get to to stop the threat as I mentioned. Right. And just before I leave that totally, I I want to say that. The very second priority is treating injured and wounded. We're not forgetting about them. Right. We are prioritizing and getting the threat stopped first. Then we help and treat the wounded. Mm-hmm. So, wanted to make sure I got that for sure right. that people knew that we were, we are right. going to do the best we yeah. can to, to help treat yeah, the, people. So. We we term it they will neutralize, secure the building, which means start to treat and get in first responders, and then secure the perimeter. So when we talk about running and Chief talked about it, and we've given some examples that when you have an active threat, jurisdiction's out the wall and everyone's coming. So depending on how people are, law enforcement first responders arriving will dictate what their role is in that scenario. Yeah, yeah, yep. And and I would just say, you know, from from the 
preventative piece, you know, parents can help us out the most by just having conversations with their kids, talking to them about the importance of, you know, of keeping their own, their, their ears and eyes open and reporting suspicious events. Or if, even if it's their friend, you Mm -hmm. know, having those conversations and saying something so that we can do it first. And then I'd also say to parents is, you know, understand that, some of the rules that we have about how you have to enter a school or that you have to sign in or that you have to get a badge or that you have to call from the front because the door is locked. I, I, I know those are irritants and those can be frustrating because you just want to get into the school and you have no intention of, you know, causing any, you know, problems. Mm-hmm. You just want to pick up your kid and go home. But understand that those inconveniences are there because we're trying to keep kids safe mm-hmm. and we're trying to create a, 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 a facility that, you know, protects their children. So, right. you know, be patient with that be patient mm-hmm. with staff when we have to go through those processes, make sure you update your, you know, your contact right. information. I mean, little things like that. So that if we need to, we can get a hold of you and emergency contact. and emergency contacts yeah. and all of those kinds of numbers, you know, mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, you know, it's, 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 it, it's a group effort. I mean, Chief's talked about it several times, you know, it's about relationships, it's about partnerships, it's mm-hmm. about, you know, working, working together. And a reunification plan, that's something. Yeah, we all have a, we have a reunification plan. I, I, I think the big site for reunification in, in Clark County, if something goes on, is the fairgrounds, you know, and the, the amphitheater area, you know, that's typical. But, you know, we have, we have other plans in place, you know, if we, if it wasn't as significant, you know, and basically reunification just simply means that we're going to move all the kids to one location. We're not going to release them and that parents need to come and check them out. Mm-hmm. you know, one by yeah. one showing IDs and, and those types of things. And, yeah. and that's where the the records become important because right. yep. we can't just release, you <laughs> yep. know, right. students to, yeah, let them go with Billy because, you know, he lives next to us <laughs> and he'll right. take them home. Right. That's not going to work. Right. right. And there, and it is situational. Like you said, yeah. if it's a significant big event, maybe the fairgrounds, right. if it's something smaller, it could be other. Yeah. It uh, could be district know, stadium or yeah. something like yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah. it is situational and, yeah. um, but there, but there are plans for all of that that we can yeah. just plug and play the plans that work the best for yeah. that situation. So it's, so. it's kind of interesting cause we, we call them tabletop drills where we, we might invite in the, the law enforcement or even fire to come in and, and really we talk about scenarios and how it plays out. When I was a, principal at Thomas Jefferson, we actually did a reunification and actual drill as what we would call a tabletop and invited parents in and they all had roles. And I mean, how are we going to handle the stress of all of this? Um, How do we utilize those people or community members that want to come in and help? I mean, there are so many layers to, I, I would say more on my thing is the concern over a natural disaster Mm -hmm. and how do we respond to that? Um, You know, and again, I'm in charge of transportation. So we have to know how many kids are in a building, how many buses is it going to take to get them off site to a reunification? Okay. What if it's actually a natural disaster? I mean, we're doing a whole lot of stuff even with buses because we got a lot of bridges Mm -hmm. in our community. Right. And if a bridge gets washed out, I mean, so we have some emergency things on buses to, you know, if we have to be self-sustaining until we can get first responders to help our kids or our buses, there, there's a lot of layers to it school. Is, it is significant. I'm sorry. I mean, we yeah, could right. just keep talking. Right. That may well, you're right. That could be a long conversation, but there <laughs> yeah. are a lot of players. But I also wanted to hit on that the Clark County uh, Emergency Operations Center that would help coordinate right. in the law enforcement, right. medical, fire world like that mm-hmm. uh, would help. And with they have connections with the Department of Transportation. And so you're talking about yeah. roads out, bridges down, those kinds yeah. of things. Be, makes uh, a, a significant natural national uh, natural disaster uh, uh, challenging, but but not insurmountable. We, we have good people working in this county, in the school district, in the city. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, I'm sorry. Since we're talking, again, and a lot of people <laughs> might hear this, if we are in a natural disaster, to be honest with you, when we talk about staffing, your fire department, if they can even get out, they're going to drive by emphasize drive by schools 
retirement homes, and hospitals. And all they're doing is getting an assessment of what the situation is. Then they will start to, where is it most urgent and where is the support? Because they can't, in a natural disaster like a hurricane like we saw down in Florida, I mean, there's just so so many people in need that we need to get to our neediest people first, but we have to do an assessment, and it takes time mm-hmm. if they can even get there in a natural disaster. Yeah. Would you agree with I, that? I agree, and that's the next step, as we've been talking before, yeah. is to do tabletops on, on all of that. We've done tabletops in the past. We will do more that incorporates things like that. You can... In a, in a tabletop exercise, you can you can dream up anything you want. Mm. And things that are particular to us, you know, an earthquake or volcano or yeah. a tornado, as we had a few years ago here yeah. in town. Alien invasions, zombie yeah. apocalypse. You know, that's, anything's yeah. possible, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to have to wrap things up yeah. right there. Yeah. But What uh, I like about these guys is they're so passionate yeah. about it. And, <laughs> and I just hope that what parents get out of this podcast is that, you know, it is on our minds. Mm-hmm. Safety and security is a big priority for us. And we understand that, you know, we have to keep working on it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time and for all you you're bet. doing yeah. to uh, keep everybody you. safe. We appreciate it. You bet. What if what's really needed to prevent school shootings isn't just everything we've talked about? What if what's needed is a community that cares enough to get involved in the schools and come alongside students who are isolated? If you get involved, not only might you be helping that one isolated student, but who knows the other lives that might be saved in the process. You might be able to be a hero too, just by being there for someone who doesn't have anyone there for them. If you have a question or a topic that you'd like us to cover on the podcast, you can send an email to info at bgcast.org. We'll do our best to not only cover topics that matter to the district, but also those that matter to us as members of the Battleground community. You can also join our mailing list by going to bgcast.org, where we'll post the episodes and any additional information necessary. Until next time, I'm David Lindner. And thanks for working to bring the Battleground community and schools together. The BG Cast is a production of 6-8 Media in partnership with Battleground Public Schools.